Welcome to the After Party with the Sober Kates, where anything goes. Come hang out with us every Thursday, Thursday, while we sip our favorite booze-free beverage and talk candidly about our lives and sobriety and our party girl pasts. Disclaimer, this podcast may contain some triggers regarding drinking and includes mature content. These stories and experiences are our own, and what has worked for us may not necessarily work for you. This is not a substitution for treatment of any kind. Thank you. Thank you, and let's get the after party started. Welcome to the after party, episode 25. We're your co-hosts. I'm Big Kate. And I'm Little Kate. And today we are going to be discussing the trend of sobriety and sober trends. But first, I need to know, what are you drinking? Well, Kate, today I am drinking an underground kombucha. It's called Cherry Smash, and it's a combination of black tea and cherries straight from British Columbia. Wow, the cherries are grown in British Columbia? Yeah, Vernon, B.C. Good for those cherries. Mm-hmm. What do you got? I have water <sighs> with a splash of, I had to put some Mio in it. Cranberry, raspberry, Mio, because I am very dehydrated. I feel like I say that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, always. But Drinking out of my water bottle with a little nipple, so I feel like a little baby. Slurp, slurp. Drinking from Mother Water, Mother Earth, created her for me. Just giving you a little, little nip, nippy titty from the earth. So. <laughs> What's going on with you anyways? Um, I feel like these weeks are like becoming such blurs. Um, yeah. Well, we didn't catch up last week because we had Rachel with us. Yes. And if you guys haven't listened to that episode, go listen. She's launching her podcast at the end of this month, which should Shots be shakes. pretty, pretty great. And um, so I started this animal Reiki course. Okay. And it started two weeks ago and I do it like Wednesday nights and I'm up until like 1030 at night doing it. Oh, explain to us what animal Reiki is. So Reiki is the healing modality where um, it's an ancient Japanese, well, not ancient because it's from like the 1920s, but it's um, healing through energy that you can channel through your hands. And for humans, it's usually you place your hands on people. They tell you what's bothering them. You direct all your energy to that spot. Um, But for animals, it's so different because they're so sensitive to energy. And they usually can sense something before humans can that most animals really don't want you to put your hands on them with that energy because it's just so intense. They eventually will, but any change in energy, animals tend to get a little uh, questioning of what's going on. So, um, yeah, I started the class, and I started doing it at, like, the dog park for a couple dogs that I've asked, like, if if I see they have issues. And then today I had my actual first, like, hour-long session where I went to the client's house and... Wow. That with the dog, I did sit with the actual person as well because 
I love her. She's, you know her, Jackie. She's the okay. woman that married I was like, us. was this someone that you just met at the dog park or? Oh, I love her. No. It, yeah. The <laughs> woman that married us, it's always nice to catch up with her and have conversations. Yeah. So she sat and then it was funny because she was like, maybe I'll walk away. And she's like, usually her dog is like glued to her hips. And if she leaves the room, the dog will immediately follow no matter what other family members in the room. And he didn't. Oh, he stayed with me. So do you see like immediate change in the dog after or the animals after you perform the Reiki or? Um, yeah. So it's, it depends on how receptive they are to the energy. So um, they have an ability to actually, we'll just say block the energy. Like they won't accept it from you. But I think that he did accept it today. Nothing's physically wrong with him. He just gets very like overprotective and anxious when he's in his front yard. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't like like other people approaching, but he's a very sweet dog. Okay. But yeah, if, it depends how well they accept it. If it's immediate change. A lot of stories I read, it's like people going to shelters and like an animal that's been there for months that hasn't been getting any attention to get adopted like um, immediately after a reiki session within like a week they'll get adopted because it just changed their whole personality the okay. whole shift in their energy amazing that is what i'm trying to do with my life right now so you plan on starting a business with this right yes i okay. do make sure that miss jackie writes you a review oh she already said that she's gonna we're doing a little barter system so Oh, good. I'll do it for her dog, and then she'll post on her Facebook. And she has, you know, all the mindful clients and mm-hmm. people that are like more receptive to that type of modality. So, and everybody, everybody got a quarantine dog. So come see me when your <laughs> dog uh, starts freaking out when you leave. Yeah, true. Yeah, a lot of dogs are gonna have uh, some separation anxiety. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. Poor things. Because Louie even has separation anxiety with just me. But <laughs> I'm Dave there with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Dave leaves, he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Let me tell you the tea, mom. <laughs> he shit with the door open again. <laughs> Classic Dave. Classic Dave. That's like me, though. Dave's always like, why can't you shut the door? And I'm like, because Louie will cry outside of the door. So he'll like come and sit in the bathroom with me. Oh my goodness. I think that you may also need to do some Reiki on yourself for your separation anxiety I, with Louie. I do. It's just like, I can't see a dog cry. It's my little heart. <laughs> yeah. So that it's been like a little silver lining in my shitty work weeks. Yeah. I also applied to a new job yesterday. So making moves, making money moves. Keep on at it. Yeah, you have to have like a little bit of a hobby, right? To just something outside of that work for that work-life balance. Yeah, and it's also hard like the beginning of quarantine when I had a week off at a time, I got that freedom that I was like, oh my God, this feels so much better. Like I want to be doing things on my own and having my own schedule and making my own routine. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on with you in um, smoky Vancouver? I'm in Vancouver still. It's super, super smoky up here. 
the air quality apparently is the worst in the world right now. Um, so the wildfire smoke is blowing up from Portland and Seattle. I'm not sure. Or Washington. Um, and I guess California too. Um, so you can barely see. It's You can't see like any of the mountains. You can't see... I barely see the buildings. Yesterday, I went into the city because I had a spa day, um, a facial and a massage, and a manicure. Oh, let me see your nails. Is that a mauve? Pretty much always pick the same color, but... So, spa day, that was really nice. If you know me, you know I can't relax. So, I mean, it was... Maybe I got like two hours of actual relaxation in there. But then like as soon as I like went back out into the city, I like I had this idea that I wanted to walk around and explore, but then I basically had an anxiety attack where I just got like stimulation overload and I didn't have a plan. So I was just like, I have to go back home. So we just out of the blue. Yeah, like Sometimes I'm good at like, I'm I'm really good at exploring new places because I travel to new places. Right. But I always have like a plan of like things I want to see. And I didn't do that before I went. So it's like, aimlessly starting walking. getting overwhelmed, like looking at Google Maps or whatever. So it's just like, I'm just going to go home. Right. And like, as much as you want to explore, like when you're out there without a plan and just walking around, you're like, I, I'd rather just be sitting on the couch. Yeah. And, and like it's smoky and... Is it hard to breathe? I feel like my lungs feel a little bit tight. So it's like you have, they recommend that you now have to wear a mask outside, which, you know, you're supposed to be wearing one inside. So now we have to wear one outside. Um, I feel like I, like, I don't know. I just feel like my throat's a bit drier. Yeah. It's like, do I have to or is it just the smoke? Yeah. That's crazy that the smoke like made its way up there. Yeah. But is there any threat of, like, the fire reaching you guys? I don't believe so, no. It's made its way over, like, into the Okanagan at this point. Yeah, well, I wonder if the fire knows that, like, the Canadian borders are still closed until next week. Like, uh, we're just going to tiptoe our smoke over until next week. What, do you have some inside information? September 21st, I thought they were going to, like, reevaluate. Yeah, they reevaluate, but it will be extended. But what if it's not? If it's not, then maybe I will go home for a couple weeks before the surgery. And maybe I'll go to Vancouver for a couple weeks. There you go. I'll switch out. Perfect. <laughs> um, so also to something that's been going on with me is that I like leaned too hard into my role as being here as a caretaker. And I, I was like more obsessed with the make, making sure like all the household chores were done and like the house was tidy. And then I was getting mad because I wasn't feeling appreciated for all these things that I was doing. And then to the point where I was making Derek feel bad about like when he asked me for things because I was just like overloading myself with like tasks to do. Yeah. That he actually hadn't asked me to do those. And that like he actually like, doesn't upkeep on a daily basis himself. Right. So every time he'd ask me for something, I'd basically be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then now I kind of realize I'm here to 
like just get him like what he can't get himself and do things that he can't do himself um, and help with his son. And then like most importantly, just like really provide some emotional support is what he really needs. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing like he's been pretty alone this whole time physically Mm -hmm. and then he can't even move and like do things for himself. So it's like he's in the same spot. So I would imagine like just having someone actually just there with you would be so nice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been the three of us for a week and now another week. So it's been really, really nice. (laughs) All right. So sober months and like sober challenges. Oh, wait, but we want to say congratulations to, we had our our little um, challenge for recovery month for like giveaway that we did with Amy Willis and uh, Jardine. Yeah, so we had a recovery challenge or a recovery, yeah, a recovery challenge. Yeah, giveaway, give whatever. Yeah. And Kristen H., congratulations to you for winning. And your sober box should. Your sober box will be on the way. Woo! Also, um, we're recording today. It's September 13th. Tomorrow is September 14th, which is National Sober Day. So I hope that everyone honors the sober people in their life and is encouraging. And then also to maybe consider not drinking on National Sober Day to (laughs) support your people. Yes, National Sober Day. That's so weird because... This is a good segue into our topic because my husband, David, Mm -hmm. is doing a month off of drinking and he's starting tomorrow on National Mm -hmm. Sober Day. So he's perfect. Yeah. It's it's in between Sober September and Sober October. Yeah. So what is making him start? Um, He's done this a couple of times, right? Yeah, so he did it in March, from March to April, like the first month of quarantine. I think just baseline, his body wants to not consume as much alcohol as he does. Um, but mentally, he he's probably a man that needs to go to therapy. He's got a lot going on in his mind. And if he's not drinking, it's like his thoughts are racing all the time and he can't control not that he can't control them but he's just it's overwhelming for him at all times to just be constantly having your mind racing which we both know yes <laughs> so he definitely does use it to just like quiet his mind and stop thinking those thoughts and he's very social and extroverted and if anybody's like we should hang out he's like yeah what are you doing right now He's that type of person like, oh, hey, yeah, let's meet up right now. So why is it easier for him to do a sober month instead of just going to therapy? I don't, I don't know. It's just this year, honestly, that he used to be like, oh, I don't need therapy. Like, I don't need therapy. Nothing's like happened to me. And I'm like, you need therapy. <laughs> but recently he's like, yeah, I can probably talk to somebody. I'm like, yeah. It's just maybe he's realizing it's just not sustainable anymore. Right. And he's very into like physical fitness and he just feels better when he does his months of not drinking and he'll like use, he'll substitute it for like running to clear his mind. So he'll run more, he'll get in better shape. He'll feel better. 
it's like the cycle that like we were very accustomed to like when you stop drinking and you feel so good that you want to drink and like celebrate yeah which was like a weekly thing for us but i think it's just the summer is hard for a lot of people especially when um especially we were in quarantine and the summer was like okay now you can start seeing people so it was a lot of a lot of summer stuff sitting by the pool going to the beach like that stuff yeah I guess we've been doing it for three and a half years so yeah I can only sit by a pool for so long yeah (laughs) so what is your opinion about like month-long challenges or I think there's one out there like a thousand hours dry Mm -hmm. or dry January sober October I'm all for it and I'm all for that like it's some celebrities do it Joe Rogan really does sober October every year and like blast that all October and does like a physical challenge and I think it's good because it's getting sobriety more into the mainstream as a way of like, Oh, we're just taking a break. We're just going to focus on working out and less of like the, you're an alcoholic, you need to stop drinking type thing. So I think a month challenge is great because the people that do stop might realize like, wow, I feel so much better not drinking. So they'll either, you know, some people might stop drinking altogether or it'll just reevaluate the habits that they already had yeah and like they might decide like all right i'll just drink like one day a week or uh, yeah what do you, that's uh i just want to preface preface this by saying that uh i support any reason for excluding alcohol from your life and even consider trying to remove it and i also support all paths of recovery I personally don't drink because I was likely going down a path where I was going to kill myself. So I have never tried a sober challenge. I have never even really consciously tried moderation. I personally would always wake up on a Sunday after like two or three straight blackout nights and be like, I think I might take it easy this week and then end up drinking by like Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, There was plenty of times where I'd have a couple of beers or glass of wine, which some might consider moderation. But for me, that was more just luck that, um, you know, nothing didn't go farther than that. The situation you were in didn't call for like going farther. Right. Um, So with all that. Yeah, that was a preface. So what's the but? There's a big but. There's a a but. Well, I'm just going to talk about like what I think like are the upsides and downsides. Yeah. So I'm all for sober month challenges. I think a lot of people have actually gotten sober and um, decided to remove alcohol from their lives from these different challenges uh, because they see the benefits of sobriety can outweigh drinking. And some people can see that in that shorter month, whether it is just a general feeling of feeling better or better sleep or just like less anxiety. Um, so I think it's good if you start to see it. I think it's also good if you can't go a month without drinking, you probably might want to reconsider your relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then also just like a completely separate challenge. If you're listening to this and if you can't even imagine not drinking for a month, like just imagine it or even like a weekend, I highly recommend you reconsider your relationship with alcohol. Right. And this, I, I think that a lot of times people like throw in those excuses of like, well, I have this event coming up or like, oh, I'm meeting up with like my family on this weekend. Like I can't not, I can't stop drinking now. 
Right. So like, there's always going to be why you need to be not yourself for that. Right. Or like, just like have some sort of numbing agent for this event. Like, please dig a little bit deeper for that. Uh, I would say that jo- dry January is probably the best. Um, just because everyone is super like low key, like limiting their social exposure after like the hyperactivity of the holidays. Yeah. So it's probably easier to. And a lot more people are like in that like healthy mindset, whether it's like limiting their drinking, limiting like if they're on a diet or whatever, they don't want to go to parties or out to eat, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's winter. So like no one wants to go out. No really. <laughs> if you live on the East coast, yeah. there are some States that the winter doesn't mean <laughs> diddly right. or countries. Okay. Um, so I think that in the Northern hemisphere, January is just like easier to stay somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it's, it's easier to hibernate and like not yeah. and make up excuses not to go out. I feel like, yeah, like you really burn out from back to back holidays or what have you. But, and I think it's like what people don't understand if they're, if they're kind of against or don't want to like take a month off or would think, why would I do this? Alcohol is a poison to your body. So like, imagine if you're like slowly poisoning yourself for decades straight, sometimes if you can't give your body that one month to try to repair the damage that you've been doing or reset itself, like that's, that's crazy for me. Not that we did it, but it wasn't as like trendy then. Right. Yeah, it wasn't anything. And I think, so that is one of the downsides I think of these challenges is that, okay, like you take a month off of drinking, you're like, see, I don't have a problem. Yeah. And then you don't learn any lessons from like that month. So it's like, it's kind of almost like a, um, a binge and abstain cycle where, okay, yeah, you didn't drink for a month, but then when you start drinking again, you're making up for lost time and you're not drinking less. You're drinking the same as before you started. So it's like, did a month of no alcohol really do anything for you if you're still drinking the way that they consider what is binge drinking? Or at this point, um, they believe like you should not even drink at all. Like there's no health benefits for it. Um, Like you said, it is a poison. So, and it's, it's almost like, are you just doing this because it's trendy and like a lot of people, you know, are doing it or like the celebrity that you idolize is doing it and you want to like feel a part of it and you're white knuckling your way through the whole month just to be like, not a follower, but just like to be able to say like, yeah, I did that too. Right. And like you said, like, who are you trying to prove something to? Are you proving to yourself? or to other people. And I think if you come out of that month and you didn't, I don't know. I just think if you come out of that month and you don't change your drinking habits and like, I don't know what the point was. And honestly, like, I hate to break it to you, but one month isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And I, I don't really think that it doesn't prove you have a problem. And then that's really up to you being like honest with yourself. Like people can and have relapsed from, not drinking after six months, after six years, they people have relapsed after 20 years. So 
you know, if you have that, um, if people are doing these challenges and they have that underlying substance abuse disorder, then, you know, that's not going away from a one month challenge. That's kind of always, unfortunately, going to exist. So it's, um, yeah, something that you, I mean, most people don't ever realize it, but. And I think that like another thing about the whole fad of it is when we're in the fad, it's great because especially as sober people to see other people limit their alcohol or stop for a little bit or even be curious and ask questions and almost have more of a respect for the sober community. Yes. It feels good, but I don't want it to be this fad that then is just like, okay, next month we're um we're back to the keto diet. Right. And like we're drinking just vodka spritzers. Right. So it's like when we're in the fad, and that's usually with most fads, it takes down any stigma that there is attached to it. But I don't want it to be then re-stigmatized when the fad is over. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I will promote any sort of like challenge, sober challenge, dry January, sober October, whatever it is, because hopefully it's out there making someone think like, oh, I'm out of this bar. I'm doing my dry January. Someone is making fun of me or like egging me on to drink. And maybe then that in the future, when this person goes back to drinking in February, they can empathize with the fact that there are sober people out there and you just let them be that way. Right. Um, Like the fact that you don't or do drink alcohol shouldn't be um, a point that people can pass judgment on you for. Right. Ben, we know like several people that like came to our meetups that were doing like a year of no beer. Was that one? There are a few people that I think, I'm not sure exactly what their path was. They came to our sober meetups. They were sober, stayed sober for a bit and now are drinking again. Yeah. And they, I think it was always made clear like that they weren't like sober. Right. But they wanted to like engulf themselves in the community and see what it was about. Right. And, and of course, if we could have so- make sober friends or do yeah. things sober. And also too, I think that um, it is hard for anyone to think like, oh my God, like I can't drink for the rest of my life. So if you think like, okay, I don't have to drink for today. I don't have to drink for January. Then, you know, it might turn into something else. But, you know, mm-hmm. if forever is out there on your plate like that, that doesn't feel too good. That is a heavyweight. That, right. Like, I can honestly still say that forever is not on my plate. Right. Because it's just like, well, yeah, I am sober. I don't drink. But I'm not going to be like, I'm, I can never have a drink. Because that just puts too much pressure, mental pressure on my whole situation to be doing with. I just don't even think about, I do it like they do in the program, like one day at a time. Right. Yeah, I'm not drinking today. Yeah. I also think it's important to acknowledge um, that everyone has their own relationship with alcohol. Everybody's relationship is different because you can give up alcohol for a month. Please remember that though there are those of us that can't, don't have that option, can't have that, can't do it for a month. Um, that was, and that's definitely 
me, like I couldn't just be like, oh, I'm not drinking for January. And I would definitely like 100% have come back like harder. And honestly, I probably would have just thought it was a joke. I maybe would have lasted two weeks. Mm -hmm. I remember like a year and a half before I got sober, I had been sober for 18 days just because I was like at a real low point, depressed. And I think it's just... I lived at home with my mom, so I'd never drank during the week anyway, but I would go nuts on the weekends. And I think I just chose like two weekends, like I'm just not going to go out. And like, I couldn't stop talking about like, oh my God, I, I haven't drank in 18 days. And then like the 18th day was our 10 year high school reunion. Oh. And things got a little, a little wild. As they do at 10-year high school reunions. And I think I said that like eight times. Like, I haven't drank in 18 days. And so I'm like, look at me now. <laughs> oh, look at me now, you guys. You think I'm hot? Buy me a shot. That's how it went. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, some people don't have that option of like, yeah, I can go a month without drinking. Right. So maybe if you're doing it with friends and you notice that there's a friend that like, isn't isn't saying they're having trouble but they are five days in and have to go get a beer on a weeknight like maybe this is an opportunity not to just challenge each other with getting sober for a month but like making those connections and yeah like, and just like holding each other accountable yeah and like it and not like shaming people for if they can or cannot do it but like let's start having more deep, meaningful conversations with people about mental health and what's going on. And how alcohol increases depression and anxiety. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. We Alcohol's joke, but some people don't realize that alcohol makes your problems worse. Yeah. I mean, because it's all fun and games while you're drinking it, but it is blocking your happiness molecules <laughs> yes to put Dopa it scientifically dopamine serotonin are, are you, you there, there? <laughs> <laughs> it's us the kates <laughs> i didn't hear you i said it's us the kates are you there dopamine and serotonin <laughs> We haven't seen it. <laughs> I do not know her. <laughs> That's funny. We both thought the same thing. All right. So, and then on a water scope, like, what do you, how do you feel about, like, just, it kind of, it really died off, actually. The trend. But yeah, just sobriety in general as like a wellness trend. Yeah. I mean, last year it really had its like, moment in the spotlight or with last year or maybe even two years ago I think it was in 2019 uh with the dropping of the book by Ruby Warrington about just like mm -hmm. being sober curious right um I feel like I'm grateful that that, that whole thing happened last year and it just, I think as a sober community, we have to keep releasing things like this. People have podcasts, people write books, people are doing like blogs because we need to keep feeding that information to people because it's like, it's going to go in waves. 
like maybe from last year, a bunch of people got sober and it, it helped and worked for a lot of people and maybe it didn't stick for some, but we need to make it like a trend that comes around maybe every year, every two years. Yeah. Or a trend that just stays and um, bangs. It's a banger. (laughs) Flaps. Sobriety is a bop. It's a bop. Bop. It's a bop. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really important to show that there's uh, many options and levels to this shit. Levels of sobriety in general, uh, a lot of people have been put off by for so long from this notion that sobriety is strictly AA meetings, basements, whatever, which even now it's like AA has kind of like had like a second wind, wind just because of <laughs> online meetings. I think that those are insanely great and you know, it gives, takes that pressure off of people like getting into the program without having to like go and find a meeting that's like the best for them, I guess. Right. Um, it's way easier to like log on to a Zoom meeting. Yeah. And then like maybe you make a connection if it's a local meeting and you can meet the people when it's safe to do so. Maybe we need to stop calling it a trend is like what I would think of it because trend does imply that it's here and it will be gone. Like how many trends have come and gone and repeats themselves, but maybe it needs to just start being referred to as like the sober lifestyle. Right. And like sobriety isn't trendy. It's very real thing for a very lot of people. And we're going against society, like societal norms. So yeah. And it's not trendy in the sense that like, okay, some people get sober for like wellness. That's like one of the reasons I got sober, but a lot of it was mental wellness. A lot of it was like, my body just couldn't function. My brain was blacking out every time. So I wasn't like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop drinking and like, maybe just do yoga. This is great. Right. It's like, no, like I was very conscious of, you know, my body doesn't feel good ever. And my yeah. mind, doesn't feel good so yeah I'm gonna get well or like someone that we knew I think that was uh had a gluten sensitivity or allergy so this woman she just started removing things like she realized that like the sugar and alcohol and wine was making her horrible sleep so she just cut it out right and like it's scars don't need to be like compared right I think that's another thing that I feel like is big in AA no offense AA don't at me but I think that has gone out into the sober gram world though too yeah oh for sure for sure. Like who was worse off in their addiction and who's better off in their sobriety. Right. Who's sobrieting the best. So, so basically, basically, you do, you. do you. So basically you just do you. Bye. Bye. Stop listening to us. <laughs> no, no, don't. Please do not. Basically just 
if you want to keep it to yourself or if you want to like verbalize that you're doing a sober challenge or if you want to make it if you're comfortable with making it trendy so that like you don't get questioned or you don't feel like people are going to have the magnifying glass on you. Well, yeah, honestly, like if you are like super serious about sobriety, it's like, I think it's at least for the first month, like, um, it's good to say, yeah, I'm just doing dry January. Yeah. You use it as your beard. Is that okay to say? Yes. Okay. Message us if it's not. Thank you. Uh, so in other news, though, on Saturday, September 19th, I, Big Kate, will be on the Our Age Factory podcast and a live broadcast from their Facebook page, the Our Age Factory. Do you know what you'll be talking about yet? Nope. I'll just be sharing uh, my bad opinions. And the premise of the show is talking about the things that made people mad online. So. I guess it depends what happens this week. And that's true. Anything been, could happen. Yeah, the internet better get popping. But hopefully, I I said no politics, so we'll see. So what time is that again? Oh, we don't know yet. Okay, that'll we'll post in our stories, and yes. she is Pacific Standard Time. That is also true. So everybody, keep that in mind. Also, the other podcast that me and Derek were on has not dropped yet, if anyone was looking for it, and we have no idea what's happening, so keep you posted. Keep you posted on all our podcast appearances. (laughs) I'll be on this podcast every week. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) All right. Um, You can't stay here. You don't have to go home, but you can go to another podcast. But you listen to Big Kate on every other podcast on this platform. Bye. Bye. Was that a good episode? Yeah. I feel like we were both fairly low energy. It's all right. Thanks for joining the After Party brought to you by the Sober Kates. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the After Party going, follow us on Instagram at the Sober Kates.